In a world filled with big sports companies and high-end production podcasts comes a group of guys who paid five bucks for this intro. Welcome to Eat, Sleep, Fantasy. Mm, I'm in my zone, no lie. And we like to play till the sun go down. Yeah, we like to play till the sun go down. Then we take that town, then we take that town. All right, well, welcome back to another episode of the Eat Sleep Fantasy Football Podcast. Who's clapping? That was me. Without their hands. Why are you clapping, man? Because I'm excited. All right. It's like welcoming the show. I'm Christian Brito. You can find me at C Brito Fantasy. Dale DeMott, who can never fucking wait his turn, is also on the show. How you doing, Dale? Fuck you, Dale! Fuck you! I'm doing awesome, man. I can't wait for that, the, this podcast. Still a little sick, I hear that, but yeah, thank you for, for not being a little bitch today and being on the podcast. Also with us tonight is intern Rich. What's up, Richard? Are you talking? Shut up, Richard. Hey, glad to be back. Awesome. Hey, you can find Richard at Rich underscore fantasy. You can find Dale at Dale underscore fantasy. I'm the only one that's different. Well, Armando, you can find Armando at Thunder Crespo, which makes no fucking sense for a fantasy <laughs> football he's Twitter. He doesn't want to change his Twitter handle. <laughs> that's perfectly fine. It's it's differentiated. It stands out. So that's good, too. The, the um, one that's important is... At Eat Sleep F- FF. Yeah, so you can find our group Twitter at Eat Sleep FF. I do want to mention for anybody that's wanting to do mock drafts, we're going to be doing several throughout this week. Dale's going to be sending out emails if you want to join those, head on over to eatsleepfantasy.com. On the top right, you'll see the mock draft submission for your email or whatever to join. We'll be, we'll be hosting those on Fantrack, so you can check out that platform too. Very highly customizable platform for hosting your mocks and your actual fantasy drafts. So today we're going to be doing a couple things. We're going to be doing our running back rankings, number 1 through 12, talk about the guys that we have there, discuss a little bit of opinions, and um, I'll be giving you my correct rankings as opposed to whatever Dale has going on, which is just some craziness. You're crazy. And uh, also coming up in the show, we're talking to the best ranker when it comes to fantasy football, and that's John Paulson of 444.com, but we'll get into that in a little bit. And Look, kind he's of, not necessarily uh, the best. He's just the most accurate. That is correct. There we go. But he is... Uh, you know, for now, he's the king. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. All right. Bum, 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 bum. I don't know why I say that so much. All right, let's move on. <laughs> All right, Richard, lead us off. Who do we have as our consensus number one running back? All right, so running back one through 12. These are the guys that are... More than likely going to be gone by the time the third round hits, and and very deservedly so. Number one overall, we have, well, overall among running backs, we have Todd Gurley. So, Todd Gurley, of course, running back from the Rams. Big things expected out of him this year. What are you guys' thoughts on him? Uh, You know, I really like Todd Gurley. I think he's going to be a ball hog. I think he's going to be force-fed the ball so many times uh, this season. I do have a little concern uh, and Matt Harmon, uh, he should be on our next podcast, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, he makes a pretty strong case as well that Todd Gurley shouldn't necessarily be in the top five. Uh, my only problem with Todd Gurley as overall number one running back 
is the fact that he doesn't catch much passes in the backfield and uh, and that he's going to be on a losing team that's not going to be running the ball perhaps as much as some other teams. Yeah, so I mean... A, a couple red flags for a number one overall um, doesn't sit well with me. If we're talking a standard league and maybe maybe for some people that are in a PPR, we've seen how much value, for example, Adrian Peterson has been able to, been able to provide over the last eight years. Um, this, this, to me, Todd Gurley is the new AP, the new... Uh, guy that's going to basically be the running back where an offense is ran through him. I know there's not a ton of guys like this left in the NFL in that Adrian Peterson mold. For me, Todd Gurley is that guy. I've said it over and over again on the pod. If there's anybody that I expect to lead the league in rushing attempts, that's going to be Todd Gurley. And I know a lot of people are vouching for the rookie Ezekiel Elliott and Adrian Peterson and all these guys. Todd Gurley's going to lead the league in rushing attempts, barring any sort of you know injury to <laughs> to him or. Uh, it's what I expect. I know he's not on a great offense, but we've seen how good he was last year, even missing a few games. I expect no different. Yeah, I mean, the guy's the guy's a powerful running back. He had about 16 points per game in PPR last year. And like Dale said, his forte isn't really the, the, as, a, as a pass catcher, a running back. But he did get 20 on catches last year. He's going to get you about 20 to 25 catches a year, which will be good for about another 200 yards. He might not get any touchdowns, but you know it's definitely going to add to his value. So I wouldn't necessarily he has no value in the, in the in the receiving game, but he's just not as affluent in it as other running backs could be. Right. I mean, been... The difference the difference between um, standard and PPR of Todd Gurley uh, fantasy points is exact same as Adrian Peterson's difference in standard and PPR. So they are. Uh, they were kind of one in the same as far as styles and pass catching and all that stuff. Uh, I don't see Adrian Peterson as a top scorer uh, in PPR. I don't think he's going to add much value, just as I think uh, same for Todd Gurley. So they've been kind of trying to work on that in the offseason with Todd Gurley. I wouldn't say for you know for the rest of his career that it's not something that he can learn to do and become a guy that catches passes. I do expect probably a little bit more production in the second year in that role. Um, what did you say he had, Richard? Twenty? How many catches? Yeah. Well, he had thirteen games last year. He had twenty-one catches in them. Right. I wouldn't be surprised if he was thirty to thirty-five catches this year. Again, not great in terms of PPR, but right, right around what you would expect for like Adrian Peterson, for example. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Just like Dale said. Yep. Yeah. Which uh, Adrian Peterson? That's our number two consensus overall as well. So I've got this him at bullshit. Three. I think Dale, you have him at number one, right? Yeah, I yeah, do. And Armando yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. And and again, I, I mean, I'll tell you, right, there's less red flags with Adrian Peterson than there is with Todd Gurley. I mean, I'm looking at the red flags. Adrian Peterson, he's had a little bit more points per game last year than Todd Gurley did. A little bit more points per game in PPR than Todd Gurley. Uh, Adrian Peterson has showed it year over year over year that he's the guy to own when it comes to running backs. He didn't slow down much last year. Why do we think he's going to slow down this year when we haven't seen it at all? Well, it's it's the age. I mean, do we really see it until it actually happens? Uh, I mean, yeah, he he didn't really slow down last year. He's getting a ton of work. You think he's going to get over twenty touches a game again this year? Yeah, I do. I think so. I think they're going to run him till his legs fall off. Yeah, yeah because he, he I, was getting about twenty one, twenty two touches per game last year. He had over three hundred and twenty uh, rushes. Uh, you know, he's he's got that value. He's going to get all of the work, like you said, and he's got yeah. a pretty easy schedule ahead of him too, which bodes well for him. But, you know, I agree with you. I've got him number three until, you know, until he shows actual signs of regression. You run him to the wheels fall off. Now, I mean, I said, I said this on the podcast before. I mean, I pretty much watched every single run of Adrian Peterson last year. 
Uh, I probably watched 95% of his running uh, attempts last year. And uh, he had games where he just wasn't getting anything. And then he would break off for an 80-yard touchdown run and, you know, secure his spot in the, you know, fantasy points uh, for that week. Um, you know, 80-yard touchdown run is, you know, whatever, 15, 16 points in standard league. So, uh, you know, he'd save himself by some big runs like that. So that would scare me a little bit that, hey, if he didn't have those big breakoffs, uh, he would be probably not as dangerous. Um, yeah, but that happens with every running back. So yeah. even though I'm, I'm slightly lower than the rest of you guys, I have Adrian Peterson at five. I definitely think he's still a first-round pick, in my opinion. He's still, you know, a guy that I'm not going to devalue just because he's 31 years old. There's a few guys that I'd rather have, and, and that's that's okay. There's definitely going to be always personal preference when it comes to certain positions in your draft but he's still for me in that upper tier of running backs that, that that's in the conversation it's not like I hate the guy yeah. um he defied the 30 year year old rule last year and I think he'll continue to do that for at least one more year um so I think he's still got another year of double digit touchdowns and um um you always got to be weary of injury so I think he's a guy that not a, not a ton of people are still drafting his handcuff which i find very interesting i would i would always draft Jarek mckinnon if i had adrian peterson because you know i think he'll fall into not maybe not adrian peterson numbers but a top 12 worthy running back if adrian peterson were to sustain a major injury which i mean throughout his career he's been as good as it gets you know he had that one acl injury and and came back the next year and was absolutely himself all over again so i mean um, i I know i'm lower than the rest of you guys but i don't hate the guy yeah and he's he's obviously higher than lamar miller Uh, yeah so (laughs) that's one of the guys i have higher but we'll get into that in just a second yeah, the thing about Adrian Peterson and really any of the top five running backs, that is, they're on a tier of their own. Kind of like the wide receivers, the top three, you know, you can pretty much interchange which one you want to take first because any one of them can finish number one. I feel the same way about the running backs. You got Todd Gurley, Adrian Peterson, Lamar Miller, David Johnson, Devontae Freeman. In my opinion, I feel like any one of them can finish as number one in the year. So, you know. Yep. And I, that that last name you named, I know a lot of people are going to be a little bit surprised by, but we'll we'll get into that in just a second. So our number three running back, like Richard just alluded to, is Lamar Miller. Uh, Richard, why do you like Miller? Because I'll I'll get into that in just a second because Dale and I just had a heated debate about Miller off air. I mean Lamar Miller, I just feel like he's going to get a ton of work in Houston. They didn't have a really good running game last year. The the passing game was subpar as well, but it was still it was still there. Uh, with Lamar Miller, he's going to get, you know, you're getting a running back that's going to be running for about four and a half, five yards per carry. Well, maybe not five yards, but at least four and a half yards per carry. He's looking to be getting about 18 to 20 touches per game. So he, he's going to be up there at the end of the season. And he's and you, and you know, he's a pass catching back as well. He's going to make, you know, probably at least 40 catches next year for, at least, you know, about 300, 350 yards, maybe a couple touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that we've seen. Uh, he He's very... He very well could have five yards per carry in a season because he did that in 2014. He averaged 5.1 yards per carry well, he for did the it season. Once. Um, well, he did 5.9 back in 2012. I mean, he's he's a guy career 4.9 back in 2012. Hey, he he yeah. was really good yeah. five years ago, guys. Come on. Okay. <laughs> so, in terms of fantasy points per attempt, Dale, and uh, where do you know where Adrian Peterson was? He was at 0. .65, which is very very nice. You know where Lamar Miller was? 0.8. That's a significant difference. So 
Whatever you're going to say about Adrian Peterson, if you just give Lamar Miller the work, which the Dolphins didn't always do last year, Lamar Miller's a beast running back. And to me, coming to Houston, who's been in the top five in rushing attempts in the last two years, he's going to just be worthy of a top five running back this year. And Listen. Go ahead. Because you, you have him ranked, and I know you're going to lower him in your rankings because you've been doing that, but you have him ranked three right now. So yeah. what made you change your mind on Lamar Miller? Look, I have him ranked three because I think he's going to get the volume, and I do think his uh, fantasy points per carry is ridiculously high, and so you can't discount that. Uh, just doing some more research, especially today. I mean, I really dug into him uh, today. That's um, weird. Why'd you dig into him? Okay, never mind. Go ahead. Uh I guess we could first talk about um, that offense, that Houston offense. Is I don't know why everybody thinks this offense is going to be this greatest thing that ever happened to the NFL. Um, talking about, you know, who said him. that? You guys are. Yeah, no, we're, talk, we're, we, we're, we, talking we, about, we're talking about Lamar Miller's potential and his potential workload. I mean, overall, the offense as a whole, not so much. I expect a number one, you know, a top, a top six or seven wide receiver and a top five running back to come out of that offense. Yes. And I don't okay. think that's ridiculous. You, you don't think that it was a, a telling uh, stat that he actually declined as if from in his efficiency uh, from the previous year to last year from 5.1 yards carry to four and a half yards per carry. Um, and the fact that he's so inconsistent. Yes. His games, his good games were great. Uh, he ran over a hundred yards in three games but he didn't. He didn't even hit fifty yards in ten of the sixteen games last year. I mean, so if you're going to bet a top five spot, especially if you like to draft running backs early, if you're going to plant a flag on a guy and really bet on him to help your season and have that number one guy, um, he's not the guy that you want consistency wise. Especially against a guy like Adrian Peterson, who you know is going to be consistent. Um, he may not have you know the huge forty point game that Lamar Miller had last year, but he's definitely not going to have. The you know two and a half yards per rush or the you know three fantasy point game that Lamar Miller does every other game. Dale, do you know how many games Lamar Miller had with more than twenty carries last year? How many? M- more than twenty carries, zero. He had one game of exactly twenty. So, so <laughs> and okay. he finishes a top twenty running back. So my, I mean, as a top ten is, running back. The Miami Dolphins say they have if they were the worst play caller in the NFL, right? If they had the worst offensive minds in the NFL, they would be the thirty second best play caller in the world and you don't think that they what what didn't they see in Lamar Miller I guess is a question why how come they didn't why didn't they run him I don't know man I hate the Dolphins I don't know why you're bringing that up they just, they were terrible on play calls last year and sometimes it just happens that's the reason you fire your head coach and you bring in an offensive minded guy that doesn't yeah that's that, the reason that, that, you, that's you, a cop you, out it's not a cop out I don't think he's He's prone to injury. We haven't seen that in his NFL career. Maybe they wanted to save him. Maybe I, I don't know what the reason was that they didn't give him the work. But he had many games last year where he just didn't get the work, and he was still the number six running back last year. Now he's going into an offense where he is going to be the guy. He is going to get the work. We saw even after Arian Foster last year went down, they kept feeding Alfred Blue. Terrible, terrible Alfred Blue in that offense, who... Yeah. He, he sucks. Alfred Blue sucks. You put Lamar Miller into that role, he's going to have the Arian Foster role. I don't see I, – I, he is one of the guys that I see is practically outside of barring injury. He's bust-proof to me. Yeah, okay. Look, he has upside for sure. 
He is not the guy. He has way too many red flags to be the guy that you want to plant your flag on to get a top for a top five pick. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying he sucks. I'm saying if you're going to invest a top five pick, don't do it on Lamar Miller. There's so many better options than Lamar Miller. Out of all the guys that are in my top five, barring injury, the guy that I feel the most comfortable with there is Lamar Miller. You're, you feel more comfortable with Lamar Miller than you do Adrian Peterson and Todd Gurley? I feel more comfortable with Lamar Miller than anyone else in my top five, barring injury. My only concern with him is that he gets injured. You're crazy. I don't to respond to that. Todd Gurley can get injured. Adrian Peterson is 31 years old. Lamar Miller is an extremely efficient runner going into an offense that's going to give him more work. I don't see how he fails you production-wise. David Johnson, small sample size. Like Those are all guys that can potentially have these little warts that... You know, that maybe there's only a 10, 15% chance that they bust outside of injury. But for me, Lamar Miller, I don't see him crapping and being a horrible uh, pick for your team. So that that's so why ha- I have him so high. So what happens when the Texans see Miller as the Dolphins did last year? What happens when the Texans say, oh, okay, now it makes sense. But why would you pay him $6.5 million to come if that's what you wanted, to, wanted him to be? And who are they going to give the ball to behind Miller? Sorry, Damn, that's a lot of said. silence. Damn. <laughs> Sorry, you just said that somebody just paid him six and a half million dollars to come. I thought that was pretty. Uh, it, I got sidetracked. Sorry. You know what? You know what? We'll, we'll let. Yeah, definitely. We're putting. Uh, we're bum 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 bum. We'll let John Paulson settle this later on when he comes on our show. So, look, just be just be prepared for him to bust. That's all I'm saying. Oh man! All right. I don't know. You said you said ten of ten of the games were fifty yards or less, right? Right. Yeah. Six of those games he had less than ten yards per carry. So with a little more work, ten. he would have definitely gotten more yards. You mean than ten that. carries? In a, in, in, in a what did I say? You said ten said, yards per carry. <laughs> That's a lot of yards per I, carry, I, man. I meant <laughs> I meant ten. He did have one less. game over ten yards per carry. So yeah, uh, he had he had less than ten ten. 10 uh, carries for, uh, in six of those 10 games. And a couple of them, he was averaging 5.4 and 6.3 yards per carry. So with more work, he would have gotten more production on there, um, which we expect more work in Houston. So yeah. moving on, you, you guys you guys settled there with your that, – that was interesting. That was fun to listen to. You guys Oof. you guys good to yeah, move on? There's more to talk about, but we can't we, – we're already wasting too much time. I need, I need to drink some water. Holy crap. That was debated. <laughs> All right, number four, we got David Johnson. David Johnson finished last year as the number seven running back. He was splitting time last year with Chris Johnson. Hopefully, this year it's going to be more. It's going to be more about the David Johnson show in Arizona. He had eleven points per game, standard thirteen point two points per game in PPR. He's got a, he's got a pretty decent schedule. I've got him at number two overall. Brito, you have him at number two as well. Dale, you're a little you're a little a little. More lukewarm, not lukewarm. I thought I was looking at Armando's rankings. He has him at seven. You have him at four, Dale. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think we're we're all pretty comfortable with having him as anywhere in our top five. He's he's pretty solid there. So, what yeah, do you guys I mean, think of David Johnson? There's there's really not much to talk about here. I mean, we kind of all feel the same way. Armando just doesn't like the small sample size from David Johnson. Um, there, which really is fair. Much. Which is yeah. fair. You can't. You, I think the one worry here that. I think it's valid, is what if Chris Johnson cut, cuts into that role? I think Chris Johnson Jeff definitely has a 
role in that offense. He'll get some work kind of uh, comparable to what you might see Christine Michael have compared to Thomas Rawls in that offense in Seattle. I think Chris Johnson will have a very similar role where he'll get some work, but I think David Johnson is going to be the bell cow of that offense, get 60 to 65% at least of the carries, and we saw him be an absolute beast whether or not he was the starter last year, he found a way to find the end zone, found a way into fantasy production, um, and I'm very sad that I traded him away. Yeah, and you know, come you know, just talking about David Johnson, you know, even before he was a starter, we would see him break off of these big plays. You know, he would have, you know, he'd be in the game for a couple snaps, and he would break off for a 30 yard passing touchdown or you know something crazy, and you know we'd see little spurts of it. Um, and then when he, of course, when he started again, just small sample size. Um, so we'll see. Uh, from what we saw, I mean, that's all we can go off of, right, is data that we have and, and what we've seen from him. Uh, yeah. looks pretty good. Yeah, I mean, first NFL touch, 55-yard reception touchdown. So it's a great way to set off your career, and I think he's going to be a guy that will definitely be worthy of the you know first-round designation for a running back. The only fear there is the workload and you know the small sample size. But for me, if we're talking about upside for a running back, I think out of the top five, he probably has – possibly the highest upside because he's in such a great offense and is a talented player. So uh, if he finishes the number one running back, I would not be surprised. Nope. Yeah, he, he had uh, he had 12 touchdowns last year, even sharing time. How many touchdowns do you guys see him having? More more or less than 12? You know, touchdowns are, are rare, are, are difficult to predict, but I see him having double digits again. You know, 10 to ten to 13 in that range. Just right. he, Total again, touchdowns. He's so valuable just because he's a pass-catching back. I mean, that adds so much value, uh, value to it. Yep. Yeah, I'd say definitely double digits. So with the receiving yards and the rushing yards, you guys see him passing 1,600 yards for the year? Total? Yeah, he's yeah. in uh, Yeah, he's in that range. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd probably put him in somewhere around 1,500. Okay. Yeah, I, All right. yeah 1,600 is, is, is about right. <coughs> Maybe, right. Well, you know. 1,500 is about right. Yeah, yeah. I think Richard gave like an on-the-money yardage-wise with double-digit touchdowns. Yep. All right, moving on then to the number one running back of 2015. That was Devontae Freeman. We have him as a consensus number five. Uh, I have him at number five myself. Brito, you have him, what was it, four, I believe? Yeah, you've got him at four, and Dale has him at six. So, I mean, we don't expect Devontae Freeman to have the kind of season that he had last year. What was it, like, you know, over 1,600 yards and 14 touchdowns? He and and this was only in 15 games as well. I mean, he could have he could have probably gotten over 1,700 yards and maybe another touchdown or two, which would have just you know been added even more to his monster season. Uh, I don't think you know I don't think there's much argument here for the position that he's in for us. Uh, what do you guys like to What would you like to see from him this year? You guys think Tevin Coleman's gonna eat into his work a little bit, or you think it's gonna be business as usual as it was last year? I uh, I definitely think Devin Tevin Coleman, and even though I'm the highest. On Devonta Freeman, Tevin Coleman is going to have a role again, just like any running back in in an offense is going to share work with another running back. I think it's been overblown in this if, in this offseason how much work Tevin Coleman is going to have. He's not going to take that role over Devonta Freeman unless no, Devonta no, Freeman is just awful. And we've already seen. I mean, his second preseason game, Devonta Freeman looks just like the old Devonta Freeman. Looks healthy, running. Great. I mean, he had four carries for 41 yards, 42 yards, and a touchdown. Beautiful little 19-yard run that, I mean, just showed me that he's going to be undervalued for a lot of people in this this offseason. I think where he's going, where you can get him, especially in a PPR league, I've seen him go, you know, second round. He's a guy... 
I do not see those catches going away. When we're talking about the top five running backs, perhaps he has the most capped upside, even though he finished as a number one running back last year. That that has a lot to do. Um, it's indicative of how bad running backs were overall last year. Um, he might have a capped upside to me, but as far as floors, his floor is so solid because he's going to have 60-plus catches locked. Locked and loaded 60-plus catches for Devonta Freeman. Yeah, yeah, he had a ridiculous think. 73 catches last year. That's just... He had a what? Uh, How, uh, what was the word you used, Richard? Ridiculous. Ridiculous! You're acting ridiculous. Ah! You said the secret word! <laughs> Stupid ass. Yeah, ridiculous 73 catches last year. You were going to say something there. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say it. Christian obviously has uh, read into Devontae Freeman pretty far, so I, I think we could go ahead and talk about Ezekiel Elliott here. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Devontae Freeman's ADP first. I mean, he's he's going as a 16th player overall. You could very easily have him as your second pick in the draft. So let's say you start off with, you know, uh, let's say you get lucky and get like, you know, like an A.J. Green in the first round. And then second round you come around, you got Devontae Freeman. You got a pretty solid start to your team. Likewise, you can get a Lamar Miller in the first round and then Devontae Freeman in the second. Uh, that's, again, another solid start to your team. So you know, if you see him in the second round, I don't care what you drafted first round. You go for Devontae Freeman because that's probably going to be the best value that you can get in the draft if you see him in the second round because he yeah. can very easily finish number one. Especially if you're if you're in any form of PPR, half or full, he's a guy that I'm definitely targeting end of the second round. Um, I probably shouldn't say that considering our, our listener league. But if you're listening in the listener league, if you let him fall to me at the end of the first round, he's exactly the type of guy that I'm going to take. You said second the first time, so first or well, second round? End, end of the first round, beginning of the second. Um, he's a great value to me there. In any half or full point PPR, I would love to have him in my team in that spot. What's yep. up, Major? <laughs> he agrees. Yeah, man, Devontae Freeman's good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott, number six. Uh, he's our number six consensus running back. I have him at number six as well. We don't know much about him because, I, well, we know a lot about him. But as far as last year, he's a rookie coming into this year. He's behind, he's behind probably the best offensive line. He's got the, the fifth easiest schedule for running backs this year. Uh, sounded like you were eager to talk about him, Dale, so I'll let you go ahead. No, I was just eager to move on for Devontae Freeman. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, kind of the same uh, the same method that you, you used to rank Lamar Miller. I think Ezekiel Elliott is right there. I hate saying Ezekiel Elliott, by the way. It it's, I just doesn't flow through very easily for me. I mean, you um, can say Zeke, Easy yes. E. Uh, I just I feel pretentious saying Easy E. That's stupid. Um, All right, and you can only call him Easy E now. <laughs> well, you know it's it's a whole volume thing. Uh, Cowboys are gonna feed him the ball, force feed him the ball, and uh, I think he's I think uh, he's been moving up in my rankings pretty much every week. I re rank my running backs, and every week I just bump him up one spot just because the you know. Just everything coming from camp, uh, you know, the hype around him is just kind of getting to me a little bit, and I'm moving him up little by little. The the thing that concerns me about Ezekiel Elliott is, you know, he, he's he's gotten a little nicked up already in, in training camp, and the Cowboys have run their running backs before pretty hard into the ground. So if they happen to do that again with somebody like Ezekiel Elliott, who is starting off his career now and isn't starting at 100%, 
then they could possibly, you know, cause him with all of the work to sustain a, an, an injury that he wouldn't have received otherwise. I know that you can't really predict injuries, and I personally don't like to predict injuries when I'm doing rankings, but that's just something that, ha- that I have in the back of my mind, which would probably prevent me from drafting him as my number one running back. Uh, well, I'm not going to say that because if he falls on me, obviously I'm going to take him. But that's, that's what I have in, in the back of my head there. Yeah, I mean, those are all exactly valid points on Ezekiel Elliott. I don't think, like you guys mentioned, I don't think he's worthy of being the number one or number two running back. The reasons for that, and maybe it's just I'm being an old fart here and and, uh, having my own precautions about rookies. I don't want a rookie as my first pick in the first round. There's other guys that have already have the established track record, right? Even if it is a shorter track record, I'd rather have those guys than have Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, definitely. I mean, for me, Ezekiel Elliott right here at the number six running back spot is where the next tier of running backs begins for me. So the the top five guys, I have no problem taking them in the first round. Uh, and then from here, moving forward, is where I would want to get one of these guys as possibly my second pick and not necessarily in the first round. Ezekiel Elliott being the first one. The next one would yeah. be uh, uh, Eddie Lacy, which we have him as a consensus number seven overall. So did you want to talk uh, about Ezekiel Elliott a little more, Dale? Or? No, I mean, for what it's worth, you know, talking about you know strength of schedule, they, they the Cowboys have a really good uh, strength of schedule for running backs. Yep. Um, I, I think that's worth mentioning. I don't solely base my rankings off that, but it's worth kind of noting when you're, you know, trying to decide between, you know, two close players. Um, Cowboys have the fifth easiest schedule for running backs in 2016. So something to keep an eye out. Yep. Yeah. My I mean, boy. it's a, it's, I'm sorry. It's, it's a tiebreaker. You know, if you have yeah. a guy that's you, you kind of deciding, okay, do I want Ezekiel Elliott or do I want Eddie Lacy? That strength of schedule kind of, you know, plays a role in, even though they both have very nice schedules. You took the words out of my mouth. I was going to say that while you really don't draft much based on strength of schedule, when it comes time to actually pick a player to play, you know, and then they're both pretty much right next to each other, you do go with the easier strength of schedule. So that's why we did want to bring it up. But don't draft based off of just strength of schedule because that can change, you know. But That's just like uh, our mock draft yesterday. It's something to keep in mind. Um, you don't draft based on bye weeks, right? I'm not going to avoid a guy just because of his bye week. Right. But, you know it's something to keep in mind in your draft so you don't do what me and Armando did, which is basically take every player on a week five buy available. <laughs> yeah, but that means you got 100% of your team for the rest of the weeks. Yeah, exactly. The... All right, so our number <laughs> seven guy, Eddie Lacy. Yeah, Eddie Lacy, fat Eddie, right? We, we took a little bit of flack from this one guy on Twitter about Eddie Lacy. And uh, if you look at Eddie Lacy... Outside of last year, I mean, understandably, Eddie Lacy did not have a Jeez, great year. You last just year. said you just said Eddie Lacy like ten times in a row. Just chill out with that. Well, you know, Call we like actually Eddie, or just say Lacy. Like you don't have to say his full name every time you talk about him. We Edward had an Lacey. interesting. We, we had an interesting <laughs> email that was like, and this has actually happened to me when I'm listening to something where I have to kind of like rewind. Who are they talking about? They haven't said his name. Who, who are they talking about? So in case that's you and you don't know who we're talking about, you don't have to rewind because I'll keep saying Eddie Lacy apparently. There you go. Or if I say like Fat Eddie or, you know. Switch switch it up a little bit. All right, Mr. Lacy. Do you go. guys want to talk about his preseason stats at all? Do you guys think that holds any weight for you guys? Ha, <laughs> wait. <laughs> I, I <see> <laughs> yeah. No, right. listen. I just want to say one little quick thing. 
Prior to last year, the two first years of Eddie Lacy's career, he was a top, top six running back. If we expect Eddie Lacy to return to what he was before, that's a top six running back. Yep. Yep. yep, and if and if you do hold, if you do want to go ahead and, and look into his preseason stats so far, I mean the first two games really don't mean much, but he has gotten sixty nine yards and a touchdown so far. Pretty good indicator of of you know what we can expect. Really, th- this week coming up, week three. Ha, well, this week, week three is where you really want to go ahead and pay attention to any of these guys because th- this is where it's it's going to be as close to real time game as as we're going to get before our draft. So. Yeah, Dale. Um, Dale is worrying about the pot news right now. Anyways, um, that was really bad. Please. Bum, 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 bum. We're gonna have so many freaking prices right drops. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all all right. right, and uh, number eight, we have Jamal Charles coming off of uh, his second ACL tear. Uh, in the preview episode that we did for the AFC West, you know, we talked about his injury and how the first time he had an ACL tear, he came back pretty strong the second time around. I would expect the same thing this year. I mean, he was on an absolute tear last year for the first five games. I think he had, what, over 500 yards and five touchdowns. So he was on, he, he was on like, Devontae Freeman type of pace last year. But, of course, he got injured. Uh, right now, he is our number eight consensus overall running back. Well, what do you guys think about him? Yeah, I think number eight is a steal, actually, um, especially after talking to the doctor. Uh, was it last week or the week before we were talking to him about Jamal Charles? Yeah. And uh, the doctor pretty much said he wasn't concerned about the ACL, that he thought Jamal Charles was going to heal great, and uh, it wasn't really going to be a factor coming into the season, especially that he was injured earlier in the season. Um, I, I think he has probably, uh, for the eighth running back taken off the board, um, consistent. I think, I think he's a steal. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we saw how incredibly good he was, like Richard mentioned. 21 points per game in a PPR before he went down. He was doing everything. He was catching the ball. He he looked great. And I think coming off of the second ACL tear is not necessarily a huge knock on him because he's already done it before. He knows exactly where he needs to get his body and prepare himself. He's already off the pup. He's already practicing. He, I, I'm not sure if he's going to get any preseason time, but we all fully expect him to be ready for week one. And if you get him as your number one running back, um, you know, pretty much going, even in a PPR league, he's going to the back of the second round, which to me, I mean, that's 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 a good spot. Um, you know, middle, middle to back of the second round, depending on where you're drafting. Um, he's probably a guy that might climb a little bit more just because he's finally healthy and stuff like that. But if you, you're drafting now, he's definitely a guy that I like. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And a fun little fact, too, he he's never averaged less than five yards per carry. In, in wow, that fact, that fact was fun. That was that really fun, was, right? That was really fun. Up, did you put your hands up in the air while you were listening? Yeah, oh my goodness, guys. It's like that was between fun. that. Yeah, Fuck okay, you guys. We took that too far. <laughs> I think All we right. stop the podcast right there because that was so much fun. Yeah, I can't even know. You know what? I don't know if I can continue. But you know what? We got Mark Ingram. <laughs> Richard, you can't do that for everything. You got to reserve that. Ah, it's just so fun. <sighs> well, you can't put the game show drop 17 times in one podcast or else <laughs> we're dingo and the baby. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, All right. Maybe. All right, let's go ahead and talk about Mark Ingram. Then he finished last year as a number 15 running back. We have him as our number nine, so just inside of the top 10. Uh, personally, I have him at 11. You guys are a little bit higher on him. Tell me why I should be a little higher on Mark Ingram. That's all you, Dale. You're the one pulling him up in our rankings. Yeah, you got you got him at seven, Dale. 
I got him at eleven too. So that's this is this is the uh, Dale Demott hour. I mean, for me, I have Mark Ingram as number eleven running back. He's gonna he's he's on one of the probably one of the best offenses that are going to be going into twenty sixteen. He's going to be fully involved. He's not only you know just getting his rushes. He catches a lot of passes. Last year, he only played twelve games and had fifty catches. So he was averaging over four catches per game, over four hundred yards for the season. Didn't get any receiving touchdowns, but I fully expect him. You know, he can get at least one or two, maybe bump it up to close to a thousand yards rushing if he does play a full sixteen game. Uh, combine that with his happen. receiving yards. Combine that with his receiving yards. I expect him to be somewhere around fifteen to sixteen hundred rushing. Uh, I mean, not rushing, but total yards and about ten to eleven touchdowns for me. That's why I have him at, at my number eleven overall. Uh, Dale, yeah. you feel a little differently about him? Yeah, I mean, as as pass happy as the Saints are going to be this year, I bet you his uh, his catches are going to go up. Last year, he had fifty catches in twelve games. I bet you he has upwards of seventy catches for the year, uh, over five hundred yards receiving. Um, he did only have six touchdowns, like you said, uh, rushing touchdowns. That's obviously going to go up. I think he's going to play probably 15 or 16 games. I think he'll play a full season, um, and that holds a lot of value uh, when you're if he, running backs. Yeah, if he plays a full season, then he could absolutely finish top six as, as far as running backs go. Yeah. What What leads you to think that he's going to play a full season? A guy that has, in his last four, you know, in his five-year NFL career, played a full season one time. Look, they're not they're not lingering issues that are is keeping him out. They're, they're different instances, and uh, you know he's there's he's not injury prone. His muscles or his bones aren't weaker than the average bone structure of a human being, uh, and these are isolated incidents. Uh, I think he's going to get lucky this year and play more than he has the previous year. Okay, so all right, boom. I, I, disagree. I disagree, but um, I think the reason that I do think he's worthy of this spot is that while he may not play a full season, he's going to be a guy that is going to be great on the games that he does play. We saw last year, like Richard alluded to, 12.8 points per game, 17 points per game in a PPR league. Um, He was a top five running back when he was, you know, for those first 12 games, he was great. Um, And I'm perfectly fine having him and whatever replacement you get. It's kind of like the counter... The the op, you know the same situation to Le'Veon Bell where you might miss the uh, you know first three games you know with Mark Ingram you might miss three games in the middle of the season or three games at the end of the season whatever it might be but it's something that you can get a replacement for those games and you're going to have a great running back for when Mark Ingram does play. Yeah, I mean right now he's averaging about two yards per carry. He does have two <laughs> touchdowns in the preseason, so we'll see how he does in game three. Uh, at number ten we have Le'Veon Bell who. Is going to be facing a three-game suspension this year, so downgraded from the four games to the three games. I have him at number 10 overall. Brito, I believe you have him at number 10 overall as well. Dale, you currently have Le'Veon Bell at number 14, so he's outside of your top 12. So if this was up to you, he would be on the next podcast and not on this one. Right. So what's what, what's going on there? You know, just because it's three-game suspension, uh, I, I, I just don't have much value in losing a guy for three games plus a bye. Um, so really, you know, a quarter of the season that you're missing him. Um, I'm just not buying into it. I think there's much better players that could play 15 or 16 games for you. Um, the more, than... yeah. The more I think about it, I don't have a problem with that deal. It's just kind of a risk aversion thing. You don't want to waste those three games. Um, it's the same argument that I just gave for Ingram for me, where you just get a replacement for those three games, and you know it's coming at the beginning of the season. You know you, you he's going to get that extra time to heal, anyways. For me, it's it's just fine. Um, I know that when he comes back, you have a top. 
three or four running back in terms of points per game and, and a very good offense that features their running back. So um, it, it really it really comes down to your preference of whether or not you're okay wasting those three games or putting in a replacement. You know, it's not a huge detriment to my team uh, three games, but when he comes back, he'll be great. Uh, you you are going to have to give up a nice chunk of uh, draft capital, though. And, I mean, not only taking away a high draft pick, say, and it looks like you guys are drafting high in the second round. Um, so not only that, but for some reason you're not uh, nervous about Le- uh, Le'Veon Bell's injuries as you are Mark Ingram, which is pretty weird because Le'Veon Bell seems fairly, quote-unquote, injury-prone, doesn't he? <clears throat> As far as uh, Le'Veon Bell's injury history, you know, before before the suspension, I out of all of us, I was actually the lowest on Bell, and now I feel like I'm trying to correct that the other way with the suspension. Um, that was because I was worried about the injury history. Uh, I think it was had a lot to do with you know seeing instability in that knee during the off season, being concerned that he wasn't going to be ready for the start of the season. All signs point to he's he's right on track, and he's going to have that extra three weeks to recover. Um, I wouldn't say that he's necessarily injury prone, but I would be a little worried. But um, I think he's great for the time that you're going to have him, and that's going for me going to be 13 games. Okay. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, the the 13 games themselves. I understand you're you're concerned about those three games that you're going to be missing at the beginning of the season, there, Dale. But like Christian said, if you can find a replacement for him in the meantime, and you just keep Le'Veon Bell on your bench for that time, when he does come back, he is going to give you top five production. Last year himself, he had 14 and a half points per game. Over the course of, the, of a 13-game season, last year he would have finished as the number five running back. While there was a down year for running back, you know he, he would have still finished up there, even with missing those three games. Well, I'm comparing it to, to last year is what I mean. Right. So, I mean, you know, your, your, your fear of him missing those three games, I understand. But if you have a replacement for him for the first three weeks, week four comes around, Le'Veon Bell, you plug him in, you've got a number one running back on your team. Yeah, you have a number one running back. It's, okay, say uh, Le'Veon Bell misses another three games due to injury, say tweaked hamstring or something. Now he's missing six games out of 16. That's a big hit. And on yeah, top of that, you're right. I mean, but you can't, you, you can't predict injuries though. Yeah. Well, you're, you're trying to with Mark Ingram. Fair enough. Yeah. It's your say. I don't know. I, I mean, the, 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 the track, the, the track. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just gonna say the difference between our, your ranking and mine is basically you're grabbing them early in the second. And I'm grabbing them early to mid third. So I'm just saying wait around. Which he won't be, you know, he'll be long gone by the time I'm waiting. Yeah, you're not, uh, possibly you're not getting even, him there at all. Possibly even you, uh, you know, possibly even in the early second. Maybe he's taken by then in some drafts. So, um, yeah, we can move on. All right, we got yeah. what we got. Two more guys to talk about in this episode. Number eleven in our ranks, a guy that has been climbing for me personally all off season, and I just. I can't I can't move him any higher than I have him now because I think it's already kind of ridiculous when compared to you know what's going on as far as you know average acquisition and consensus rankings. But that guy is Lashawn McCoy, who finished last year as the running back number seventeen in just twelve games. Uh, you know, eight hundred ninety-five yards and uh, on the ground, and another two hundred ninety-two yards in the air. Um, for me, what was missing last year was just the touchdowns. Somehow or another, Carlos Williams just kept stealing them, and we know that Carlos Williams is no now cut. No longer there. <laughs> He's, uh, he took the route of uh, Eddie Lacy, came into camp fat, didn't want to get back in shape, wasn't ready, also had the suspension. And LaShawn McCoy, I mean, his, his backfield now, um, there's nobody to steal work for him. And he, no. was, he was pretty damn good if you just – 
give him the expected touchdown rate compared to the carries and yards that he had. If you just give him what he should have had as far as touchdowns, he would have been amazing. Um, even yeah. though he missed he missed those four games, he's another guy that he might have a little bit of that injury-prone um, label to him. But we've seen LaShawn McCoy have absolutely amazing years in his past. I don't see any reason why you can't see that upside for him in an offense that led the league in terms of you know, run past splits last year. It's the team that's going to probably run the ball the most in the league again in 2016, even with Tyrod Taylor. I expect yeah. a lot of rushing for that team. LaShawn McCoy, I have him at number six. What do you guys like or not like about him? Yeah, I mean, well, last... Go ahead, Rich. No, I was, I was just going to say, he has a he has a pretty tough schedule. Does that play any factor at all in your in, in how, you, how you see him for this year? You know, it... Again, I'm just going to say schedules kind of, for me, are just a tiebreaker kind of situation. We we never really know what that schedule is going to pan out to be come week 8, come week 14. It might be a totally different script. I mean, who had Carolina going to the Super Bowl last year? Because I certainly did not. Um, so schedules are very, you know... Yeah. <laughs> They can change a lot. What yeah. what is actually a dif- difficult schedule projected for throughout the you know throughout the sixteen games? Right. All I mean, right, fair only, enough. In only twelve games last year, he was eleventh in points per game. I think that's a that's a stat worthy of mentioning. Um, what I really like, and what I've seen in the off season last year, I don't think he uh, was active enough in the catching in the uh, pass catching, uh, and just in the preseason. I mean, against the Giants, he had four four catches for fifty eight yards against the Giants, which is a really good sign. I think him and Tyrod Taylor is developing a relationship in the backfield uh, that could really uh, boost the PPR value of LaShawn McCoy this year. Uh, and that's why I have him a little bit higher, too. All right. Awesome. Yeah. Um, All right. I, I really like him there. So who's the last guy that we have in our top 12? Sure. Last guy is Doug Martin. Finished last year as a number three running back. He had the second most rushing yards. I uh, played a full 16 games. He had over 1,400 rushing yards, six touchdowns there, and then another 271 yards in the receiving game with one touchdown. Uh, personally, I have him as my number nine running back, so just inside of the top 10. He's got a real easy schedule. He's not doing you know, very hot in the preseason, but it's just the first two games, really. Uh, he had a he had good points per game last year, 13 points per game. Um, I see them wanting to – I see them keeping him maybe not as involved as last year because you got Sims who's going to be taking in some work. I know you're going to mention that, Breeder, so go ahead and go for it. Um, it there's a lot of factors into why I have uh, Doug Martin a little bit lower than, than the rest of you guys. I don't hate him, uh, but I – don't want him as my number one running back in the way that you guys have him ranked. That's very possible. Um, for me, he is the ultimate Jekyll Hyde over his first four years of his NFL career. Amazing rookie season. Very crappy year two and year three. Contract year, year four. He comes out and he does a very nice job You know, with, with the numbers that, that Richard just mentioned. For me... I don't know what Doug Martin we're going to get if he's going to have the motivation that he had last year, the 
contract year last year, coming into this season, um, he's already been paid. An offense that, for me, is going to be predicated a little bit more on the pass with Jameis Winston coming into his second year. Charles Sims is going to take on probably all of that passing down work that, you know, even though Doug Martin had a limited role in that in that in that third down last year, um, I see Charles Sims completely taking that over and also cutting in a little bit more into the rushing down work, maybe just taking a few more carries, nothing huge, but taking a little bit more work from him there because Charles Sims is a very talented running back in my opinion, yeah. just as good as just as good as Doug Martin, and I think they might have to be in a committee this year. I, I really think they're yeah. going to be complementary backs. Go ahead, I, Dale. I wouldn't say just as good as Doug Martin. I think Doug Martin's really, really good. Um, however, I do think out of the top 12 that we have, of course, Doug Martin is consistent 12. I think he has a less least chance of getting in that top five uh, than anybody else that we talked about so far. Um, his schedule is awesome, which is a huge uh, bonus point for me with Doug Martin. Um, I do think that offense gets a little more creative, though. I think Jameis Winston is going to be a little bit better. Um, I think he's going to have a little bit more control in the pocket. Uh, I think that's going to open up things for Doug Martin. Uh, Mike Evans, we talked about in previous episodes, you know, he's going to get the ball a lot more. Um, I think all this is going to kind of help Doug Martin a little bit, uh, getting the ball in the open field a little bit better. Um, he, he's a good player, and I think I think he's he's a top 12 guy easy. He's a guy I'm going to keep my eye on for the rest of the preseason. I haven't I haven't loved what I've seen so far, but you know it's it, it hasn't been a ton, right? Yeah, all right. Well, that pretty much then wraps it up for our running back rankings. That's one through twelve. Uh, it's, in a couple of episodes, we'll be doing thirteen through twenty-four. Won't be next episode, I don't think, but just uh, later on this week we'll have it. I was clapping because that was a good episode. All right, let's go ahead and get great. into our talk with John Paulson. All right. Well, so on with us now, we have John Paulson. John is a senior editor and writer for 4for4.com. You can find him on Twitter at 4for4 underscore John. He was named Fantasy Pro's Most Accurate Expert for 2010 and 2014, finished number two in 2011, and a top four finish in both 2012 and 2015, making him top you know, five in the five of the last six years. So how you doing tonight, John? What's up, I'm doing man? doing great. Uh, how are you guys doing? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thank you for coming on. Oh, yeah. we're excited to have you on, man. You are in the fantasy community known as uh, someone who's pretty awesome, someone that should definitely be followed by our listeners. So yeah. um, we're, we're glad to have you. Uh, first, before we get started, before we do anything else, how do you do it, man? How are you so accurate? Because we're, we're rankers on fantasy pros for the first year uh, we want to we want to make sure that we do a good job. <laughs> oh, so you're joining it this year? Yeah, yeah. we are. Um, well, it's great. Welcome to the community. Uh, it's a challenge. Uh, I I credit uh, the accuracy that the site has, and that I guess that I've had uh, to the fact that I I think I do a good job of uh, weighing um, all sides of an argument or all sides of a player. And uh, being able to weigh all the factors that go into a ranking, and and uh, whether it be uh, injury uh, injuries, uh, weather, uh, role changing, uh, defensive matchup, uh, offensive tendencies, uh, being able to weigh all those factors and come up with a, a sensible ranking uh, for that player. And I think at times it paralyzes me because I'm sitting there uh, debating on a player for for longer than I probably should. Um, but uh, I. I, I use salty language when I talk to Josh about what I'm doing. I'm, I'm generally mind effing 
uh, the rankings uh, again this week. Oh, you, you, can, you can curse. You can oh, okay. Curse. I wasn't sure uh, what uh, this was uh, kid-friendly or not. But um, So that's sort of uh, what's going on. I mean, I'm spending a lot of time on it. And uh, the 4 for 4 uh, equations that we use to sort of uh, get our team stats together uh, at the beginning of the week uh, give, get me halfway, and then I, I sit there and tweak and tweak and tweak and tweak until I'm comfortable. And I think, uh, you know, mainly it's that I'm not, I'm never too high on a guy. I'm never too low on a guy. I don't really go crazy. Um, if I'm if I'm really high on a guy, then I, I go and look why uh, other people are not so high. And sometimes that convinces me, uh, uh, their, their arguments convince me to move the player down. Sometimes uh, I look at those arguments and I don't buy it and I leave him where he's at. Um, so I, I do do a lot of research in terms of uh, where I'm ranking people, and that sort of uh, lends itself to a conservative set of rankings that I think people can t- generally trust. Right. Well, absolutely. I mean, there's there's a reason they call your podcast the most accurate podcast. <laughs> so that, that was actually a, a Matthew Berry idea uh, after uh, winning it in 2010, and I think I joined 444 in 2011. Uh, he, you know, I had a couple. Of three good years there in a row, he was like, I would just, I would just brand you most accurate, like everything, most accurate podcast, most, most accurate website. So we can blame him for that. Uh, uh, but it's a pretty good name for the pod. So we'll stick with those. And I guess there you go. Yep. Hey, I got a quick question. Uh, I, I guess we could go right into some fantasy talk here. Um, I got a question about Dion Lewis and really the Patriots offense as a whole. Uh, you know, we all know Dion Lewis is now out for probably a couple months with quote unquote, cleaning up his knee. Uh, the offensive line is a little banged up. Um, when do we start getting concerned about the Patriots' offense? Is James White the guy to own? Is he worth looking into uh, early in the season? What's your thoughts? Uh, yes, I think uh, for right now I've got James White playing and starting eight uh, games. Uh, and then uh, Deion Lewis coming back uh, week 10. I think they have a week nine bye. Right. Uh, so week 10 coming back. That's a fairly conservative, I think, uh, uh, estimate for, for when Deion Lewis would be back. Um it looked like it was going to be six to ten or six to eight weeks uh, for his recovery. Uh, he might come back before that buy, but right now I'm planning. You know, with that buy there, they they always tend to to let that player rest an extra couple of weeks. Right. Um, and uh, so I think you know that that's a safe assumption for for Lewis. And so then you have White for the first eight weeks. And White, you know, last year when when Lewis got hurt, White was really pretty good. I mean, he averaged. Uh, Four catches for 47 or 48 yards, uh, two-thirds of a touchdown in nine games. Um, and that's pretty much uh, RB1, RB2 numbers there in PPR formats, yeah. uh, RB2 in standard. Uh, so the the issue is drafting these guys, like where do you draft them? Because you're really only going to have White probably for half the season, and you're only going to have Lewis for half the season. So both of their ADPs are going to be depressed. Of course. And I'm kind of I'm interested to see where these guys land over the next couple of weeks. What about you? Yeah, well, you know, my, my concern is, I, what do you think? Do you think Deion Lewis is just going to come back and kind of take the role straight back from White? And it sounds like you're kind of assuming, uh, you know, after the eight or nine weeks uh, of James White, we're just going to see Deion Lewis hopping right in. Is yeah, I mean, I, th- I think, yeah, I think he was good. I think, I mean, Deion Lewis was really good last yeah, year. Good. I know I know there are people that are advocating for White having produced, you know, more fancy points per touch. But the problem there is that White doesn't get any carries. Right. Really, and Lewis Lewis does. He was getting six or seven carries, so they're comfortable giving him the ball, you know, handing it to him, and then also throwing it to him. Whereas I think White is just more like the Shane Vereen, just pass catching, pure pass catcher. Uh, they may give him the ball a little bit more, 
this year. I don't know. But, yeah, my assumption would be that Lewis is coming back. I mean, you can draft White thinking he might keep the job. But, um, you know, from what I understand with Lewis's knee, it's really got nothing to do with the, the tear or the ligament. It's it's a cleanup procedure. Yeah. Uh, so they're probably trying to get loose cartilage or something out of there. I'm not a, I'm not a doctor or anything like that. But um, I had two scopes in college for basketball, and it was – you know, it took like four weeks for me to get back on the court. And I think it's, this sounds a little more extensive, but um, I don't think anything's wrong with the ligament. Uh, so I would think he'd come back and start, but you know, there is, there is that chance that that white earns that job and, and keeps it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Lewis played such a high snap percentage last year um, for, for, for a guy like him. I, I don't see him necessarily repeating that. He's a guy I was very high on um and then all these reports he's staying staying on the pub staying on the pub and now mm-hmm. finally that he's going to be out uh obviously it's huge detriment to his to his value but um <clears throat> i do want to transition to to another guy um and just a, a conversation as a whole um, we see every year there's you know hypes on sleepers and breakouts but i want to talk a little bit about post hype sleepers guys that were potentially seen as breakouts last year. One of those guys that a lot of people had high last year was Ryan Tannehill. Um, do you think that coming into another season, um, you know, with the addition of you know changing the offense to an Adam Gase offense, uh, Devontae Parker, Jarvis Landry, he finally has some healthy weapons. What do you see for Ryan Tannehill this year? Um, you know, twenty sixteen. Uh, yeah, you guys are Miami homers. Is that? <laughs> Yeah, we Is that correct? What do you guys? <laughs> yeah. What do you guys think of Tannehill? Before I answer I, your question, um, you know, I, I am the guy that's always. Even though I live in Miami, I'm the Miami depressed. Like I'm always too low on the Miami guys. Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> just because I've never really had the opportunity to be high on anyone. The only guy that I really like in that offense is Landry. Um, I know a lot of people are leaning the Devontae Parker way. I still think that offense is going to run through Landry. Mm-hmm. When it comes to Tannehill, I think he's. He's a whatever quarterback. Now, quarterback 18, 19 for me. I don't see him as being anything other than that. There's guys I would rather have. Yeah, last year I said I'd give Ryan Tannehill two more years. So this is Ryan. This is his uh, final year to really show me what he has. And, and after this, I don't know. Um, I might be cutting ties with Tannehill. <laughs> All right. So I am like, I'm not, rank, I don't rank him very high, but I'm, I'm happy to have Tannehill at his price because, I mean, he's going really late uh, in drafts. And, uh, the reason is that you look at what he's done. He's been 16th, 9th, and 17th in his three years. Um, and, yes, the quarterback position has gotten a little deeper, so that's why he's being ranked now, you know, 20, 19 to 21 range. But uh, what I like about him this year is the, the addition of Adam Gase. Uh, you look at what he got out of Jay Cutler last year with all those injuries in Chicago. I mean, they had – I mean, it, Kevin White was out for the whole entire year. Jeffrey was out for part of the year. Martellus Bennett got injured. Um, and Gase did a good, nice job of, of, you know, moving the offense or designing the offense around Jay Cutler's strength. And he had one of his best years. Even though it wasn't a great fantasy year, it was a very efficient uh, year. So, uh, you know, that's what has me a little bit optimistic about Tannehill this year. You mentioned the uh, all the wep- weapons in the passing game, uh, Devontae Parker coming on, Kenny Stills looking good, uh, Jarvis Landry as well. And, they had, of course, they added uh, Arian Foster there in the backfield to pa- uh, catch passes out of the backfield. So um, that's why I'm you know, cautiously optimistic about Tannehill this year. If you, had to, <clears throat> if you had to take a quarterback 
that's you know outside of maybe that top 15 range that you think could finish as a top you know 10 or 12 quarterback who would you take in that in that range on uh, the top 15 you said uh yeah. i i outside, really of like, top, yeah. outside of the top 15 yeah um well i really like tyra taylor i'm not exactly sure who he's being drafted i think it depends on which adp you're looking at uh he's in, in our i think in our multi-site adp he's going like 18th uh, i have an 11 uh I, I he was really high in uh, points per game last year uh he's his value is a little bit fragile though because of uh, you know, a lot of it depends on sammy watkins being healthy uh it looks like he is going to be healthy to start the season but he's been a guy that can't you know stay healthy for long periods of time and they really need to get a good uh 16 games out of him for tyrod taylor to keep his uh his value there but you know at the cost of a 12th 13th round pick i think taylor um gives you that top 10 top five upside uh as long as watkins is on the is on the field yep out of all the names you could have said man you just gave so much fuel to my co-host here yeah. dale who's just way too high on tyrod i have a huge smile on my face right now i love tyrod taylor this year i've been saying it since our first episode uh back in june for this year so yeah, he was the guy that uh, when when I saw the early draft ADP, I was like, "Why is he going so low?" And then Buffalo wouldn't commit to him, and I was like, "Why are they not committing to him?" And uh, like, it just yeah. didn't make any sense when you looked at what he did. Um, they they really should have been, and now they seem like they are. And you know, you got through the draft without them taking a, a quarterback, and and now it looks like he's he's got the extension, and, yeah. and they're committing to him. So it looks it looks good for Taylor. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I had a uh, I have him in keeper league, and I wanted to do some research on him. I didn't know exactly where he was going in ADP and all that stuff, but I started doing some research. Like, man, he's pretty good. If you just look at his numbers, um, you know, when, when he was playing healthy, uh, he was he was a really good quarterback. I have, I have high hopes for him this year. Yeah. Uh, I mean, mobile quarterbacks, they're going to be high in terms of fantasy points for attempt, especially Tyrod Taylor, guys like Russell Wilson, guys like mm-hmm. Cam Newton. They're, they add so much extra value with their legs um, yeah. that, yeah, you gotta you got to bump them up more than people would realize. Yeah. Another player like that that, that could uh, have a similar type season as Marcus Mariota because uh, he, if they do let him run on a little bit more, he didn't really run that much last year, uh, but he does have the legs. Uh, the, the concern there is that exotic smash mouth offense that they're running and, and really how run heavy do they go uh but he's he's a you know with along with uh Tannehill who does have some wheels and Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, runs a little bit as well Andy Dalton those guys get two or three hundred yards uh you know rushing uh, per season or they're capable of it um you could, they could step into that uh, type of role too yeah Christian no that's <laughs> it was all you you're gonna ask the Josh Gordon question but I'll go ahead um there's a tricky question that keeps coming up on our pod and basically everywhere. Where do you feel comfortable drafting Josh Gordon? And I mean, for you, is he the one that going to finish the one in Cleveland? I, this is a good question because I, you know, right after it, it, it came out that he was going to uh, play this year, or we think he's going to play this year. Uh, I think I took him in the seventh round, uh, it was a roster that looked really strong. So I felt like I, I comfortable that I could, you know, take a risk. And by the time the next round came and get, came and went, I was feeling pretty, pretty dirty about myself. And I didn't feel, I didn't feel like that was that good of a decision. And, and um, I started to look at Josh Gordon and trying to just put aside his awesome, amazing 2013 season just look at 20, 2014. Uh, he had, he caught 24 or 47 targets. Not good. 12.6 yards per reception, not good. He had no touchdowns in five games, not good. Um, 
and he really hasn't played football since the December of 2014. So it's been a while. We don't know what we're going to get. I mean, we could get that 2013 version. We could get the 2014 version. We could get something in the middle. Um, but there are other guys going in that range where that I think I'd rather roll the dice on, like Kevin White, um, Stefan Diggs, Sterling Shepard, uh, Corey Coleman, even on his own team. Because, yeah. uh, I mean, I have him ranked uh, 48th. Uh, if you take his fantasy points and divide by 0.75 since he's you know suspended for the f- four games, right. that kind of puts him as a fringe wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver three. And I think that's where... I got that. You know, we're going to see something in between. And the one thing I think he has going for him is that he's playing with Robert Griffin, uh, who we played with at Baylor, um, and that could that could get some good vibes going. Uh, Robert Griffin also looks very good in the preseason so far, so it has me a little bit optimistic. But you know, he's missing four games. There are a lot of interesting players there in that range that I think I'd rather take my you know roll the dice on. And uh, I'm just worried that we're going to get that 2014 version of him. Yeah, my, right. my my red flags here, you know, talking about 2013, that awesome season that he had. You know, he didn't have players like, uh, you know, Barnage. Uh, even Corey Coleman, I think, is going to step up this year maybe. And then, you know, you have Terrell Pryor, who, you know, who knows what he's going to do in the regular season. He's looking pretty good in these, uh, you know, the preseason <laughs> with these yeah. deep bombs. So, uh, you know, th- there's a couple more guys to share the ball with than, than he had in 2013. Yeah, that's a good point. I do think Hugh Jackson, uh, one thing that has me, uh, you know, kind of optimistic about this whole offense is that Hugh Jackson's there running it. He's like, he's gained some capital over the last couple of years in terms of being able to uh, get get the most out of that Cincinnati offense. And, you know, and he seems really excited about uh, Robert Griffin. And, you know, if there's, if there's one coach that could turn, you know, uh, Josh Gordon around, maybe it's him. Right. I don't know that I don't know that's going to happen. Uh, I'm just that's that's the glass half full on me, uh, but then of course the glass half empty I just talked about. So that's that's what I was talking about, where I, you know, can see the both arguments, and I try to you know figure out which one is the better argument. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, the reason that I keep kind of trying to figure out who exactly is going to be the one in Cleveland, I think they're going to have value with RG three at quarterback. We saw uh, several years back RG three actually had a wide receiver that led the league in targets in Pierre Garcon, um, but. I just I really don't know if it's going to end up being Corey Coleman, if it's going to end up being Josh Gordon, and Terrell Pryor is going to throw his his hat into the ring as well. So we'll see how that situation will shake out. I think there's going to be some value there, and and whoever it is will be worth the draft slot. I just I'm not sure exactly who that might be. Um, I know Dale wants to uh, round out our fantasy questions with uh, David Johnson, so I'll let you take that away because he's another guy that's a point of contention on our show. Yeah. Yeah, he is. I mean, we cannot agree on. There's there's two other guys on our podcast, John, uh, besides me and Christian. We cannot agree on David Johnson. We have him all over the board. Uh, half okay. of us believe in him, and half of us don't. Um, just because of small sample size from last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, is he a first round pick in your opinion? Well, uh, yes. If you if you are interested in running backs in the first round, which yeah. I generally am not, uh, I the only running backs I end up taking in the first round tend to be. Uh, Lamar Miller at the end of the first round. Uh, typically, I'm taking receivers first ten or so picks. Okay. Um, but yeah, I have him at four in standard. I have him at uh, two in PPR. So I, I guess I'm a believer. So you're a believer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just I just think the whole running back position is going to miss an extra game and a half compared to the wide receiver position. But that's a whole other uh, discussion. Uh, he's he was really really good last year. Uh, the one thing that has me concerned about 
David Johnson is uh, the competition that he has. Uh, I don't really think that they want to give Chris Johnson a significant workload or Andre Ellington a significant workload. Uh, but those guys are more talented than some of the backups to Lamar Miller right. um, or Adrian Peterson. I think Jarek McKinnon's pretty good, but Peterson, you know, you're going to get what you're going to get with him. You know what you're going to get with Gurley. Uh, you pretty much know what you're going to get with like Ezekiel Elliott or LaShawn McCoy. So, um, I think that's the one concern uh, is that if he falters, gets dinged up, they can always hand the keys to Chris Johnson, uh, you know, who was posting good fantasy numbers before he got injured last year. Right. Uh, but that, but I, you know, I, that's not a reason that I to, to not take David Johnson if you do want a running back at the end or the middle of the end of the first round. Gotcha. Okay. Absolutely. And I like the other name that you dropped there, Lamar Miller, because I, I, I before we came on the show, I was arguing with Dale about Lamar Miller's value because. I, I have him as my number three running back, and I have him ahead of Adrian Peterson, and he thinks I'm insane for doing that. But now, do you uh, have him ahead? You have him ahead of Adrian in standard or PPR? In both. Okay, because I have I have uh, Lamar at three in both, and I have Adrian ahead of him in standard, but behind him in PPR. So okay, so you're not. That's the, I got to settle our debate then. <laughs> 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 All right. Um, yeah, just you know. All right, that's perfectly fine. Before we let you go, John, we got one question we ask everybody on our show. Um, so far, the only person to get this answer completely correct, in my opinion, is Sigmund Bloom, who we had uh, on no last right week. Answer. There's no right answer. <laughs> there's no right answer. Um, but he answered it how I would answer it. So it's not fantasy-related. Let's say you go to a restaurant, you order a steak medium, they bring it out, and it's not how you ordered it. It's well done. How do you handle that situation? Uh, well, I ordered it medium. So, you know, in, inside I'm like, oh, this is going to cost me a half hour of my life, uh, maybe longer. <laughs> but I would say to the waiter, I'd pull the waiter over and say, you know, uh, I, if you remember, I ordered the steak medium. Um, well, actually, no, I wouldn't order, I wouldn't order it medium. I'd order it medium rare. Okay. Even but better. I don't know. Okay. I don't know if that's okay. If that's part of the trick question or not, but no, no, no. I ordered this, I ordered this medium rare, uh, and it's well done. I, uh, can you, can you make another, have the chef make another and, uh, and do it politely and uh, hope, he, uh, hope, hope he says yes. And hope he doesn't spit on your food. <laughs> yeah. Listen, another, another correct answer because we, we've had just a variety of, of people answer it differently. Some guys would just eat it and just not even send it back. Um, <laughs> who, um, who was it that said they would take a bite first and then return it? Uh, is that Ross Tucker? Ross Tucker, of course it was Ross yeah. Tucker. <laughs> well, at least he had some food in his stomach, right? Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you just didn't want to go hungry. <laughs> but all right, John, thank you so much for for being on our show. Uh, let our listeners know, um, you know, where you're at and some of the stuff that you're doing. Sure, I'm on Twitter at four 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 underscore John. Uh, you can find my work over at four 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 dot com. We've got five full timers now. Four of them. Three, over, three or four of them putting out content. We've got a lot of part-timers putting out a lot of content. We've had more content this year uh, probably than probably the last three or four years combined. Wow. Uh, so there's a ton of great stuff going on over there. Chris Raybon and TJ Hernandez are doing a great job with the DFS side of things. Oh, yeah. uh, they use our site rankings to generate all sorts of lineups, uh, tools, and everything on the DFS side. Uh, and uh, I do a, a weekly Sneaky Starts article. We do two podcasts. Uh, the, uh, the most accurate podcast that you can find on iTunes. And uh, that's about it. That's where you can find me. 
All right. Well, thank you so much, John, for uh, joining us. Uh, you definitely got some awesome stuff on your site that you know I, I love looking at. It's it's really highly informative for our listeners. Definitely go check out 444.com. And uh, thank you so much for joining us, John, and uh, have a great night. All right. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Have a good one. All right. Bye. Bye. Well, uh, we are back. We want to thank John for being on the show. Uh, it and feels like him. he's... And thank him for not uh, settling our debate on Lamar Miller and Adrian Peterson. That did that did not help at all, John. Um, you know, but having another guy that feels it feels like he's nerdy, just like us, is like, oh yeah, let's talk some fantasy stats. Whoa, so, that's not a nerdy voice, brother. Oh, oh that's yeah, how I think. Let's it. talk some fantasy stats. You telling me you've never roster baited, man? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, maybe on our PPR draft. Yeah, for those, I mean, you guys can just quickly Urban Dictionary that or, you know, that's an early season of the league, right? Or middle season of the league? Yeah, it was probably like the second season. Yeah, anyways, that's that's something that we should stop talking about now. Um, If you want to check out our mock drafts again, go ahead and head on over to EatSleepFantasy.com. We've got some great articles on there from our fantastic writers as well. One thing I do want to add before we close our show If you like what we're doing, please go ahead and head on over to iTunes and give us a review there. It really helps other people find our show and see, you know, that our audience values our content. So head on over to iTunes and give us a review there. Anything you guys want to add before we close? Yeah, if you don't like our podcast, don't leave a review. There's there's no need to. People don't find it helpful when you bash us and tell us how horrible we are. Uh, They only (laughs) like it when you give us positive reviews. You know, I... I'm not opposed, Dale. I mean, you could stop me here if you don't want me to add this. If you guys, we're we're new and we're open to um, communication about our content oh, yeah. um, and letting us know what we can do better. If there's something you want to hear more, if there's things that you want to communicate with us, head on over to our website, eatsleepfantasy.com, and let us know what you guys want to hear, what you guys want to listen to. We're new. We want to know what you guys like because – we're talking about the things that our that our community has already known. Let us know that they want to hear and want to want us to talk about. But if there's something else that you want to suggest, just hit on that little submit a question, and, and you can communicate with us there. And you might get mentioned on the episode too. Oh yeah, we are yeah, really that's bad a... at that. We we got to like uh, give people like more props because we we do get some suggestions, and some are really really good actually. Um, some thorough suggestions. Uh, man, what uh, uh, Adam? He uh, he wrote to us. Um, and gave us some awesome suggestions that, you know, really made sense and, uh, you know, stuff that we had to do to kind of rein it in. And uh, we, we appreciate all that stuff. There's like five Adams right now listening, thinking like, oh, I'm glad, he, I'm, I'm glad he liked that. <laughs> <laughs> damn, I hope his name is Adam. I think it is. You hope his up. name is Adam? God well, damn I, it, Dale. I forget. You know, who you, you know who you are. Good night, everyone. Thanks Good for night. Bye. Mm, in my zone, no lie. And we like to play till the sun go down. Yeah, we like to play till the sun go down. Then we take that town, then we take that town. <laughs>